Somebody turn to your neighbor that's beside you and say, and if I missed you, I'm so glad you're here. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are here at the, we are here, we are here, amen, thank you. Well, without any further going into it, let's do it right now. Let's welcome to the treacher's table our brother and growing in maturity, Brother Leonard Wallace. Would you welcome him now, right now, in Jesus' name? Praise the Lord. Let's come on up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Come on up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. With all of that background and experience, uh, Pastor Jeremy caught... Um, Brother Leonard's eyes on last week after uh, we showed the new intro by Gabe. And how many of us say Gabe? He may not have all that experience, but he sure is an artist. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, Brother Pastor Jeremy looked at you and said, he told you he could tell you kind of liked it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, um, Brother Wallace, if you will, um, you have a trailer, which I'm going to call your dream project. So, Brother Leonard, would you do this and share with us what do you have today and set it up for us before we show it? We're going to have the lights down and then when I play it, amen? Well, it's kind of an intro to the main film, which is uh, to be completed January, February. <laughs> okay, it's there we go. Okay, cool. Wow, this is different. I'm used to being behind, <laughs> not in front. <laughs> Welcome to BCC, amen. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, it's about the film that is yet in production. Um, it's a, hopefully a full-length feature, and it tells about the addictive cycle mm. and how people struggle. Yes, sir. So uh, basically, that's it. <laughs> All right. Let's have our lights down. Volume up. I was just so strung out, I couldn't quit drugging my own, and I thought there was no hope for me. Here I am, I've been out doing all these things for this many years, and I had this emptiness, no matter what I tried to do, I just wasn't feeling it. Teenager is going to spend the rest of his life in prison for killing his grandparents. The trial of 18... We just saw police lights out here and we kind of walked over there and saw that the body completely covered in blood. It was horrible. When police need your help to find a missing teenager, the family of 15 years the worst day of murder and violence in the history of this state was the premeditated work of a troubled teenager.
think what I missed probably the most just somebody to hold me and help me to say I love you for you and you're okay and I don't want anything from you I just love you because you're you and I didn't get that up if you will so Brother Leonard as I shared with you earlier and I know that's a lot I think it's very heavy and very dark um, but my question is uh, who where and what is this project for and who is it to be viewed by um, the, the whole purpose of the whole thing is to oh sorry <laughs> I'm not used to that <laughs> uh, the ho whole purpose of the whole thing is to share and show the addictive cycle. Mm -hmm. um, people do, um, struggle with it. Uh, there are all sorts of red flags. Um, maybe some viewers in the audience will recognize that, they may recognize some of the red flags that maybe they have been struggling with. Sure. And then through the film, they'll see there are other flags and may make the decision that, hey, I might need some help. Yes, sir. Plus, those, they may recognize other people in their family or a neighbor or whatever that's struggling and recognize, oh, they're struggling too. Maybe we could show them some love, and that mm. could break the curse. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I share again, while, um, where is it going, though? And I shared this with you some couple of weeks ago, but where is it going? Because, I mean, that whole first part is just, I mean, some, most of us, a lot of us in here don't even tamper with even looking or seeing that, you know, we kind of, want to get those type of things who far removed from us so we don't even pay attention to those type of things. But, you know, where is this going and what is the message uh, coming from a believer? Or, or, you know, why would a believer mm -hmm. be drawn to such a thing for such a time as this? Well, this first film is to show the dark side. It's mm -hmm. a dark, dark trailer, obviously. <coughs> and that's to shed light on issues. People struggle with that every day, e inside the church and outside. Amen. I agree with that. So... You know, it's to shed light on that. Now, the sequel will be the recovery. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the interviews that we have done, um, um, some people may r recognize Sue. We, we filmed her in um, Iowa City, uh, and then we filmed her again in Minneapolis, uh, but she has a tremendous recovery story. Amen. So that's going to be in the s sequel, but first we've got to get this one done. <laughs> All right. And well, I want to leave us ahead. with this thought, and that is such a time as this. And that is um, Esther chapter 4, verses 14. It says this, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Perhaps you came into the kingdom of God. Perhaps you got born again. Perhaps that testimony can really be used by you now because of such a time as this. Amen. Verse 15 says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. 
if I must die, I must die. Somebody say amen. amen. In other words, she became a sister Simone. I can't get anybody to get any help up here. <laughs> amen. Right? In other words, I just can't keep silent about this anymore. Well, Brother Leonard, we look forward to your film as well as the um, sequel and anything else and projects you do. And now they can also know why you are really not weird walking around our church <laughs> service with yeah. a camera. Let's give God a big praise offering for a brother. Thank you so much. Well, well, let's not wait any longer. Let's go ahead and have back for an incredible follow-up, Sister Simone, in Jesus' name. Would you all welcome her up right now in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. I will not make any excuses at all, but I am somewhat excited about my notebook today. How many know that when you get the opportunity to be around children, then you just do whatever you can? Are you with me? Amen. So this is my notebook for today. <laughs> and everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Every. That's a secure van. You got, thank you, Brother Peter. You know, I think it's so prophetically profound in the sense of just being playful. But the issue is that when she talked about her grandmother and her grandmother would write on anything, how many understand when you want a note, you just take whatever you have, right? And Sister Simone started dropping stuff on me the other day, and I just used whatever was nearby. Amen. So if you will, we're going to use them both today. Uh, let's go further. Um, testimonies of transformation. Now, I want you to put together everything that we've shared up until this moment. How does the video go along? How does such a time as this come along? How does the, you know, I don't, we didn't plan this part, but you got to watch God. They, in that first part of the dance, kept talking about time. Testimonies of transformation. Everybody say testimony. testimony. Say, my testimony, my testimony is of my transformation. And has the power to transform. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, And they have defeated who? The, the devil. devil by the blood of the Lamb and by their what? Testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were not afraid to die. Amen. So, what we're wanting to do is uh, continue from where we left off on last week. And so, Sister Simone, picking up from last week, we want you to kind of just replay for us the internal turmoil you were going through. Describe how you were so torn and plagued inside. Well, where we left off last week was um, I was pregnant, and um, my junior year at Iowa State, I had my brother here. He was a junior at Ames High. Um, with the birth of Tamaya, my sister came from Texas. My brother and my mom came from Chicago, and so essentially with the birth of Tamaya, uh, um, she brought my family together. But I was dealing with a lot of anger towards my father, cold towards my mother, um, just with, with all the things that we had been through. And my mom was running away, and so <laughs> um, we were all back together. And so we had to learn how to navigate and you know, get our family dynamic back together. Sure. Just to kind of paint that picture again. So here it was, you graduated high school. 
um, enormity of things that was going on right now. We've given that the kind of the colloquial, it was the norm, it was normal. We'll talk about that in a minute. But for the most part, something inside of you said, whatever this is, I want to get away from it, right. right? And so you, in essence, ran in that time, would have been as far away from Chicago as possible, and that was in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. Oh, yeah. Amen? I don't mean that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that, you know, but, you know. In, in, in essence, coming from Chicago to Ames, Iowa, <laughs> he said it is what it is. Amen? Okay. Amen. I love it, though. I know, you still here, sis. Still 14 Amen. years. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But um, so, you know, here, here's, here's where we want to go. One of the key themes of last week was Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Now, I forgot that this part of the end of the verse was there, but listen to this. It says, everybody, ready, set, read. Ready, set, read. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. So, so here it is. One of the things that you kept asking the questions when you looked at being pregnant with Tamiya, you said you went back to your mom. And mom did phenomenal last week. Everybody with me? Amen. Praise God. It was just beautiful, you know. And just in case I forget, I want to insert this now because, you know, our notes are, are, are everywhere. One of the phenomenal things that happened, and everybody say impact. So you may ask, how can we talk about all this dark stuff and why are we saying these type of stuff in our church and all this type of stuff? But let me share with you one testimony out of it all because your testimony has the power to transform. Everybody say amen. From what you shared with me this week, Sister Simone, mom said that I can't believe it. I'm kind of like finally free. Yeah, she had a lot of shame and um, guilt with her past and her addiction and so she just felt free, like, you know, um, she can share. She was like, if they need me to talk again, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was huge because she, it was always a lot of secrecy and, you know, shame and guilt with it. Yeah. She didn't want, you said that she didn't want anybody to know about it. No. And last week she shared she didn't even want her grandchild to know. She but yet that, she but wanted you, wanted, you wanted to be the one that told her. Well, let's thank God for her freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share this about, uh, uh, about curse right quickly, okay? Last week, we shared with you Exodus um, 20. But this week, I want to share something with you that is just absolutely, completely um, powerful. And it's something maybe I didn't know, maybe some of you all that are much deeper, more senior in our in your ministry and things like that. But for me, now this is fitted with understanding more about curses. In Proverbs 26, little verse we see when considered to be in the wisdom. And it says this, like a fitting sparrow, like a flying swallow. So a curse without cause shall not alight. It shall not what? For us that needs a little bit more understanding, maybe look at it from the New Living Translation, says it this, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on an intended victim. Everybody with me? And I can't break it all down because, you know, this is, I wouldn't consider to be my greatest sense of knowledge and things of that nature, but I will say this, basically from studying out, what it's saying is, 
unless there is like a door or an opening or, or something that would allow that curse to land and take part, it will not. So there has to have some kind of opening. It has to have some kind of, of, of door. It has to have some kind of, in essence, issue by which a curse can even play out in our lives. Are you with me? That's a huge point. Let's keep going. So, sister, I, I share with you, and I've, it's like every time we talk on the phone as we're preparing and, and meeting in person and things like that, I am just simply overwhelmed uh, by it all. I'm overwhelmed with the story. I'm overwhelmed with the details. I'm overwhelmed. You know, it happened again last night. We're in the middle of conversation, and she will just throw in something new that you have to say, pause. Are you serious? Or are you for real? Right? And one of our ministry leadership team members said this, and I'm sorry I'm about whimpering about it, but because they are very spiritually sensitive and stuff too, there were some things that you just say and you just keep on going, and, and, and to the hearer, it's too much. It's, 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 a, it's a lot, you know? And so I'm just overwhelmed. And so I want to kind of ask this question to bring the series together. What makes all these things you're sharing a curse? You know, what makes it to you in your story a curse? Well, it's the opposite of a blessing. <laughs> but uh, um, what makes it a generational curse is that it's uh, widespread. It's, um, it's in generation, multiple generations throughout the generation. So cousins, siblings, um, same thing. So like... The abortions is generational and widespread to cousins, siblings, um, drugs, unmarried teenage pregnancies, um, addictions, divided and separate families. Like my grandfather had three wives and eight children with each wife. And now stop right there, because you know I always got to. <laughs> What's this mean? Pause. Out of the whole story, this is the one I'm most fixated on, right? And the reason I'm most fixated on it is because you know how Pastor Turan likes to like put everything on the screen, maybe, and I, you know I wanted to do some kind of family chart or what, but you can't do a family chart with it. I mean, your grandfather had three wives, eight children each. Right. <laughs> Can we play? Just play. Play. And. My father was my mother's teacher in high school, and he was married. He had two children with his wife, two children with my mother, and I have a sister that's nine months older than me, and her mom was my mother's cheerleading coach. And it also parallels my husband and the three in his family. Um, before my in-laws got married, uh, my father-in-law had a son. They had two children together. And he has a daughter with another lady um, that he wasn't married to. Um, and even with us, my husband had a daughter before we have married, before we got married or got together. And our oldest and youngest is ours together, and the middle one is a result of a wreck. Okay. And so when you talk about generational curses, again, it's widespread in your family and as many generations back as you can even know. I mean, these are 
not just people that are, you've been told stories about, but these are also people that you have, have grown up under oh, yeah. as well, right? Don't let me forget fatherlessness. Right. Correct. And then the single teenage pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the open door or place for the curse to alight was to me one of the most important of the two decisions in our lives. And so if you would, would you kind of explain that? In other words, in these areas that we see these curses running out and running their course, um, they, they became um, available or, or they had a place to go in what would be considered to be the two most important decisions in life. So could you break that down and explain that a little bit? <coughs> well, my faith was shattered when I came to college. It was some things that I learned about, you know, my ethnicity, with Christianity, that really made it hard for me to believe. And yes, um, so I really was going on how I feel and what I thought was the right thing to do. And um, really no moral compass or wasn't definitely wasn't following Christ. Yeah. So your f you the way you described it is your faith was shattered, yeah. right? Shattered. And so, um, and I, I just want to, without going into great length, I just want to share that when she says her faith was shattered, part of that shattering, or what I would call the devil stole her relationship with God, or, or you know deceived her or beguiled her, um, in that would be because of lies. Because of what? Lies. Lies that create doubt. And doubt which created division. Mm -hmm. And division that ultimately left with the demise that I don't have a God. I become my own God or, or I become to live just like what everybody else lives. Yeah, exactly. is, is that not, you know, in the natural? Is that That's it. It was impossible for me to believe. So, you know, I looked at other things, um, checked out different religions, and um, basically did whatever I felt. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Understood. So, uh, question number four is, then, uh, well, you're supposed to deal out with some things, but we can backtrack a little bit, but then you were um, in 2009, so if you would, you might need to fill in the blank between um, what happened um, at this time that was, you know, just kind of marital, um, because in between Tamaya being born, you know, what, what took place between you and Tommy? We've been engaged three times. Um, the first time. Been I'm engaged three times. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first time to my Just was couldn't six get months. it done. Huh? You know, I, I equated to like the cake topper with uh, the bride dragging the groom, but it was the other way around. He was dragging me, and it was like, you know. But, you know, Tommy, he always, since we like first met, you know, always said he loved me. And I was just like, this dude is crazy. And so. Um, it was really hard for me to receive love. And with my father dying at eight. Okay. It was hard for what? Everybody. It was hard for what? And I think some of the messages that maybe like growing in maturity or some of the messages that your ministers and deacons or pastors or Pastor Jeremy and, and maybe even the conglomeration of this whole ministry being the heart of God. You know, there's lots of doctrines that we all could probably do really, really well in. But help me understand, all of this could be centered around the inability to just be loved. Everything else is attached to the ability to be able to receive what? Love. Yeah. And I'm going to back up a little bit. But Don't even uh, 
when I was pregnant with somebody, people would say, when are you guys getting married? And I'm like, well, you know, what what does that have to do with anything? Well, I got to get married just because I'm pregnant. You know, what is that about? So this is my mindset, the way I'm thinking. And I'm, I'm coming from the single one, uh, single mother capital of the world, Chicago, <laughs> unofficial. Um, and, you know, it was just, and then my family, it was a lot of women having babies unmarried. So it's like, you know, it's fine. Why are they tripping? You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but my husband always wanted to marry me. So from like, as soon as we met, and which made me think he was crazy, like, what's wrong with this dude? You don't even know me. So, um, but even to this day, and I'm really, I mean, I'm upset that he's not here. You know, we had our hubby and wifey shirts we were going to wear. But, um, <laughs> um, and, you know, he'll tell you to this day, like, yeah. I always loved Simone, you know. She would have pushed me away, and I did, you know. But it, it just felt so awkward, that kind of love, you know. Just, you know, I didn't feel worthy of it, you know. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was good enough. It just felt strange. And um, especially with my father dying at eight, and, yes, you know, um, I was molested at three. I was well. That, that's that's fine. We gonna I promise we gonna get to it. Tell us also about that part about um, you know when you felt uh, while you had Tamaya there was this temptation of n- I don't want to call it a temptation but there was some people that were saying you should get an abortion then. Oh yeah. And and had you had an abortion before then? Yes. Like I said, I had um, abortions um, in high school, and. Um, Actually, my grandmother and my grandfather came up to try to convince me to have an abortion. Um, then, and my my mother's sister called my, I didn't notice at the time, because I was trying to keep it away from my father's sister. Because when my father died, he left me money to go to college, and um, it was distributed through his sister. And my mom's sister called my dad's sister, let her know that I was pregnant, and to try to convince her to convince me to have an abortion. But um, my aunt was totally against that. And she listened to everything my aunt said, but she never said anything to me. She never let me know that she knew that I was pregnant. And she never tried to convince me to have an abortion. Everybody said amen. 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 Praise God. Well, and so then this is one of those little points you threw in is that and then you began to talk about yourself. I mean, just just put that, you know, in front of us so we can understand that as well. You know, I mean. Your, your father yeah. or someone wanted you to be in them. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, like we said last week, my mom had abortions as well. And when she was pregnant with me, my dad tried to convince her to have an abortion with me. And um, <laughs> she tells a story kind of humorously, like, yeah, he took me to Red Lobster and tried to butter me all up to have an abortion. We ate good and I left. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm here today, so come she on, didn't let's do give it. God a praise offering for that, Amen, and for Mom. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, we're so grateful that you are. Um, and now, I guess we can fast forward or jump, if you will. Um, um, I think we're gonna have to have a part three. But here's 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 the part: is that then you and Tommy are ready for your second engagement? Oh yeah. Right. And it's the year 2009, and you're to be married upon Labor Day weekend. 
Um, you have BCC involved by this point. You're in premarital class. You got things going on. But let's get into what happened in July just prior to it. Well, um, it was this 4th of July weekend, and we went to Chicago to, you know, celebrate with family. My in-laws, they came in town, and my husband gets really excited when he sees his family. Like, he loves his family, but he doesn't get to see them often, and I understand now. But um, during this time, we were there and in his cousin's basement, and they were drinking and smoking, and I'm like, I'm from Chicago. I'm not going to stand in your cousin's basement. I can go have fun, too. And I felt really ignored and rejected, and I'm like, okay, you have fun doing this. I'm going to go find me something to do. And, um, and my husband didn't like for me to have guy friends. Here come some major, major lessons of relationships. Go ahead. And um, I always thought he was tripping. Like, man, I, I mean, it's fine. It's nothing, nothing wrong with it. And so because he didn't want me to have guy friends, and at this time I would like hide things from him and not tell him because I didn't want him to get upset with me. I didn't like people to be upset with me. I was a really a big people pleaser, and I didn't like to get yelled at. And that comes from me as a child, you know. If you, if you told me no too hard, I would just cry, you know. And so I just didn't like, you know, all of that conflict. So I just lied. So um, I went to go hang out with one of my guy friends and ended up putting myself in a compromising position and um, – so I, I told him I was going with my, over my grandmother's house, but I was really, me and my sister uh, went to this guy's house, with, hanging out with his friends, and it was something that we did before, you know, but this time it was just different. You know, he was constantly, like, on me and saying, you know, I can't believe you're getting married on me, and I'm just like, dude, what do you, you know, he was just this big, fun jerk, and, you know, kind of like myself at the time, you know. It feel, you know, this is the kind of, this is what I can receive, this big jerk, you know, my the love and, you know, unconditional love felt awkward, but this jerk, I, I can deal with that. I know what that is, you know, so. Is everybody following that? Yeah. Um, we want you to continue um, with what you're sharing. I want you to pick up and we're going to be, remember, we're going to soften that, you know, not graphic. Um, but, but what I want to do is I want to kind of poise this, these thoughts around uh, curses and generational curses and some things that have come out of uh, just last week. Um, for instance, one of the first things I want to want to kind of hit on before she goes any further is this: um, there began to be somewhat of a flood of response to us um, about this subject, and so I just want to put these things in clarity. Not everything is a generational curse. Okay, not everything is a what? Generational curse. Not everything is a generational curse. We want to be able to discern spiritually that there are some things that are just, you know, uh, character issues. Is everybody with me? Some issues are just what? Character issues. Some things just are related to, uh, as Sister Simone would like to share, choices, right? Making poor or bad what? Choices. choices. Uh, some things we want to talk about or some things I think is illuminating is that we need to realize that some things may be, you know, characters, some things may be choices, some things may deal with simply being obedient to God. Is everybody with me? And so not everything is a generational curse, so therefore you can't be general curse phobia now. Right? 
Just like not everything is a demon or a spirit. Right? So not everything is a demon or a spirit. Everybody with me? But that's what we're trying to get you to understand is what even created or caused this particular track is that she is well, you know, learning things about God, learning things in Christ and all that. But then she looked through the lens of generational curses and saw it very much so identified in their life. That's the difference. Are you with me? And so I think that's important. And then the next thing is simply this. As it relates to things online, how many understand we call it the World Wide Web, the Way Information Center, but it may not be always good information? Right? And so I myself, this is, I'm just being wise. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good shepherd. I'm not saying I'm the greatest, but I just want to be wise and share something and pass this on to you, right? I don't know that I trust that many ministers, preachers, teachers, writing, and literature on this subject. Because you can make anything... Yeah, well, you can make anything a doctrine, you can make anything important, you can make anything what's most important, right? I think someone like the name of Derek Prince, if you want to understand somebody's background, I I have more more of a more foundation with a Derek Prince, who's more founded, I think, and and has been at it for for much longer and is not, you know, out there. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. It's within the confines of the scriptures and in the confines of what he's seen, which is the deliverance from the curse. Mm -hmm. What we want to see is deliverance from the curse. What we want to see is the what? Now, you may say, Pastor, and why are we going through this and why is Sister Simone, you know, putting these things out there? I'm going to share this with you. I'm, I'm just putting it out there really plain. Before you can be delivered, you got to acknowledge. And I just think that sometimes in our ministry, we walk around with the smile and the faith and the high, high and the bless you and grow and people walking around hurting. And I just think that sometimes we need to understand these are for real. My whole, this whole series is based on this one thought. This stuff we read in the Bible, now y'all, you, we, see people read stuff in the Bible and you'd be like, generational and, and, and third and fourth generation and you just, you know, you keep on reading, right? You listen to Sister Simone, you like, and all we're saying is this is the same thing you just read. Is everybody with me? Yes. Say it's in the word. It's in the word. All right, now we're back. And you're in a place, and I want to call this a, a compromising situation, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the compromise that you've already began on is you're hiding it, mm-hmm. and it's going to set up a lie. I'm not sure. It's going to set up a lie and keep going. It was a lie because I said I'm going to my grandmother's, um, but I was going to hang out with my guy friends. Um, so that's a lie with unaccountable time, which um, is not okay getting married. And so I was not ready to be anybody's wife at that time. Um, and so I put myself in this compromised position and um, without going into it, details I was um I was raped and it's like okay I was I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be and this happened to me I can't tell my husband that you know well your fiance my fiance I can't tell my fiance that he would go nuts and so I didn't say I didn't tell anything to him but I told my sister I'm like man he can go to jail for what just happened to me yes ma'am and so um a couple months later I found out that I'm pregnant. 
And so I'm like, oh my goodness. So I would have to say I was where I, I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. This happened and now I'm pregnant. So, oh no, I gotta, I gotta get an abortion, right? That's the, the um, answer. So I make an appointment to get an abortion. And the last time I did, I had an abortion and I promised God I would never do it again. And I couldn't go through with it. So, and I couldn't, I'm still not comfortable telling my husband this. And so I make another appointment to have an abortion. They call me to come in a day early and to do the ultrasound and then they do the procedure the next day. So I get the ultrasound. She shows me the pictures, which they're, they're not supposed to do. And then I go home. So the next day, I'm getting ready to go and, and have the procedure done. And I just can't do it. And so not, not only did I have to tell my husband, my fiance, I was not where I said so I was. So listen, listen to this breakdown. Go ahead. I was not where I was. This has happened to me. I'm pregnant, and I'm not having an abortion. And so, uh, of course, he was, you know, hurt, devastated. I mean, a whole laundry list of emotions. And um, he wanted to press charges, and understandably so. But um, like I began to say earlier, I was molested at three. I was raped at 12. And at 14, at 14, I went through the court system, and it was one of the worst experiences I ever had in my life. They make you feel like you did something wrong, and um, just knowing that, you know, if this is my friend, and I'm there at that hour, and what did I expect would happen, it would have just been even more devastating. So I'm where I wasn't supposed to be, this happened to me, I'm pregnant. I'm not having an abortion, and I'm not pressing charges. So, and you're keeping the baby. I'm keeping the baby, and so also with that, my one of my friends was raped um, my freshman year at Iowa State, and um, she went through the courts and everything like that, and um, it was it was a horrible experience, just having to testify and um, you know be a character witness and everything for her. Um, my other roommate and I actually found her in the tub with her wristlet um, just because of the pressure and everything that she was facing on campus. And I just, with all of that previous um, um, stuff with that, I, I just couldn't go through um, going through the court system. So I, I didn't. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So here's where we want to be, um, sister. Um, as we as we walk through um, that particular um, area is I wanted us to take a look at a couple of scriptures and so if you will would you grab your Bibles real quickly and I want you to see a few things here if you will everybody say ideal the first thing I want you to do is turn to Galatians chapter 3 we went there last week but I want to go there again this week if you begin to play thank you You have that, Sonia? Galatians 3. Thank you. Mm. 
Everybody say, the curse is broken. Say it again, the curse is broken. kind of like reading it from the New Living Translation. We read it last week, but I want us to see it again and revisit it as many times as we need to. Maybe. So in Galatians chapter 3, I'm going to begin at verse 13. But Christ, matter of fact, if you have New Living Translation, would you go ahead and read it out loud with me? Ready, said, read. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. Cursed is who? Everyone that is hung on the tree. I'll read verse 14. Please listen. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he pronounced upon Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And everybody said amen. And how many understand that the Holy Spirit is the comforter? How many understand that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us back into remembrance of everything Jesus has done for us? There is not a single thing that not a family ancestry, not what we've gone through, not what others may go through can ever come. It can't, listen to this, it cannot alight if it doesn't have a place. A curse cannot alight if it what? Does not have a what? And while I'm not trying to get us to divide ourselves from our family necessarily, I do believe we need to be regenerated. Somebody say amen. Turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 3, if you will. Titus chapter 3, reading from the New Living Translation. I'll start at verse 3. It says, once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. And what I'm trying to cover is if it's a curse or if it's your character. If it's whatever we've gone through or been through, whatever side of the track, whatever mistakes we've made, whatever we've done, Brother Peter said it earlier, Jesus goes further than what we've done. Everybody said amen. amen. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he has declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Somebody say amen. Verse 8 says, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist these things, teachings to that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. And everybody said amen. amen. In the New King James Version, you may bring the lights down. In the New King James Version or in the King James Version of the Bible, it says this that we have been given a regeneration. 
a regeneration. You've been regenerated. You've been what? To be regenerated, I love to say it this way, that you have been regened. You have been regened. We have been regened. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yes, I'm Aloe's son. Yes, Vera Smith had me. But thanks be to God, I was born again. And not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And it was the spirit that gave me a new life. And the new life that I now have, I might have brown skin, but my internal man has been regenerated. For I now look like, am like, and I'm the son of God because of what Jesus has done for me. I have been regened or regenerated. I am of a new generation, and therefore yesteryear's curse will not affect me. It's nailed to the cross. I've been regenerated in Jesus' name. You say the word of God says in Exodus, generational curse to the third and fourth generation. But the generational blessing is a thousand generations. So I don't know if it was my mom, my grandma, my granddad, my great-great-granddad, but somebody somewhere in the generation chose Jesus Christ, and now I'm a recipient of the mighty blessings of God. Shout hallelujah. I don't want us to stand as they sing this song and get everybody in place. There's going to have to be a part three next week. We're so sorry, students, that you'll miss that. But I want to say this to you. <laughs> Listen. The joy of this is this. The generational blessing is to a thousand generations. It's to a what? And I want you to know this as they sing this song to us. Listen. The decisions you make affect more than just your life. The decisions you make affect more than just your life. Can I get everybody to say that with me? The say, put your own name. Say the decisions I make. Ready, set, go. The decisions I make affect more than just me. Amen? Can I get anybody to agree with that? So here's my point. Thank God my grandfather, and you may have remember what we've talked about, my grandfather, amazing, amazing man of God. And our family has been blessed of my grandfather <laughs> because of my grandfather. But, but listen, when it pertains to your life, this is what happened to me. I want... Whatever curse is going on, if it is, and I don't know about it, I'm ignorant of it, I've been in Christ, maybe I don't understand all, I've never heard this teaching before. But I declare in my life back then, I said, Jesus, if cursed be you that was upon the tree, I accept you by faith. And my total belief is that anything that was trying to chase me is nailed to the tree. And therefore, Anna Maria Smith, Luke Elisha Smith, 
Tiana, Salah Smith, and anybody else that bears the name of Smith or any other married into name from this day forward to a thousand generations, they might know Granddad Duran. He was a believer and he preached the word of God. The gospel was truth and we live today free, blessed because of their decisions to accept Jesus. See this among. as you can one exchange everybody all over the auditorium one time through one exchange I made one exchange you made me through heal my broken heart forever one exchange you made me one hallelujah all the children in the house I want to ask that you please be quiet Follow along as we speak with the rest of the adults here. Thank you so much, children, for being submitted and just really, really a great child. Thank you so much. Everybody in God's house today, I'd ask that you would close your eyes. Bow your heads. And allow the Spirit of God that's present to run the course of your heart 
run the course of your soul. I'm going to ask that you would ask God about the deep emotions that you've had, that you've hid in the corridors. Psychologists talk about blocked out. If there's things in your life, one of the things Sister Simone said after one of the times that she was physically abused and raped, she said that she had just so much anger, like a private or a silent anger. If your emotions are just unhampered, you respond to the smallest little thing but you've never talked about that big thing of yesteryear. If you're sitting here and you've wondered if God is real and does the Bible make any sense, one of the most renowned and wise elders in our ministry said that a decision is a choice. Many of us have tears out of our soul right now. Many of us have tears falling down our cheeks right now because of how blatantly for real Sister Simone's testimony is. What Sister Edith's testimony is. I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision to the choice that is before you. For God said, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Choose Jesus, and when you receive Jesus, you nail everything to the tree, and you get to go free. What an exchange. What an exchange. For the curse is broken. What an exchange. For the forgiveness that I had need of, what an exchange. I wrote down in my notes for this altar call that I don't know, but I'm going to say it this way. I believe that I'm speaking to someone that represents a family here today. Not just them, but whoever the Lord so called. But if you and your family, some family that has gone through more than what you could have imagined, I want to offer you the opportunity today to look through the generational curse lens and deal with it. Prayer and altar call team, if you would please get your people in place. With every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart and soul being searched by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, it just requires a choice. We have people that will pray with you. We have people that will speak life over you. We have people that will receive you into the kingdom of God. We have people that want to pray prayers with you. Sister Simone said on last week and this week, she grew up in the church. Her faith was then shattered. And in the midst of that, all of the things began to alight even more so. Next week, we're going to talk about this part that talks about worse than the curse. 
But if we're speaking to you today, I'm going to pray a prayer and then I'm going to give you an invitation. Would you pray with me? Please listen and let your heart pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said, Jesus, that if you would be lifted up, and that's not poetic right now, that is, if you would be lifted up upon a cross, which was known to be brutal during the Roman, and therefore, as you were lifted up on a cross, made a mockery of for all to see, and the religious court even put you there. So we don't want to be here today because of a religion, God. But when you were lifted up high, even those that followed you looked from afar off and some came in near and the soldier even pierced your side and the criminals on each side of you had things to say and notice about you. But this day, 2015, we are in this sanctuary and we want to see you, Jesus, upon the cross because cursed be the man that is nailed to the cross. And therefore, because of your crucifixion and because of your sacrifice, you were buried in a grave. But it was only borrowed, God. Because on the third day, you proved that you were the Son of God because you were raised from the dead. Death could not hold you. Sin could not hold you. Curse could not hold you. Past could not hold you. Whatever came against us, you took care of it and you came out alive. And now you have all power in heaven and in earth. And therefore you are ready to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and stop us from any ills that have been against us. All this is given to us freely by a simple exchange of me saying yes to Jesus and therefore today God for those that have been saved for many years but need prayer may they come and for the one that has never said I accept Jesus we ask them to come all these things it's in your precious name every eye